0: From Walt Disney Studios. The studio that nearly tanked itself in the 80s with a cartoon on, based on a book that no one read. Brings you a movie that almost tanked the studio based on a book that you didn't read by Charles Dickens. Wait, are we talking about the Oliver and Company? Oh, geez. Uh, with the voice of Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Oh, okay. And Bette Midler. Really? and the kid from give me a break oh god oliver and company it's in the basket the Writer's Bagel Basket.
1: For over 50 years, Walt Disney has turned great stories into unforgettable animated motion pictures. Now the tradition continues as Walt Disney Pictures proudly presents a new twist on the classic story of Oliver. A pussycat? Come on, let's see them. I love a story with food in it. Oliver, the little orphan who fell in with Fagan, the Dodger, and a gang of canine con artists out to take New York for all it's worth. It's...
0: Tear me apart, Lisa!
1: We took out of a building! Yes, it was very exciting. Tomorrow we go to the zoo.
0: I love you! That's all I needed to hear. I'm so excited! I'm so (laughs) scared! We don't have to be mean. Because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Kerland, and we continue Animation Month with Oliver and Company. God damn it! Well, joining me for another bad Disney movie or weird Disney movie is Patty Cakes. Hey, it's Pat Barry.
1: Hey, that's me. <laughs> Thanks for having me on once again. I think this is my first solo set with with the in in the Bagel Train.
0: Yeah, on the Bagel Train. It's a I, I basket, guess you damn would it.
1: call it. Bagel basket. <laughs> Is basket a form of transportation in your world, Scott?
0: Well, technically, ha, in what, what are you traveling in a hot air balloon?
1: Okay, you got, you did get me there. You got me there. Touche. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> you you got that. You got that New York whip. You got that Savoir Savoir faire. <laughs> so, that.
0: so we are talking about the nineteen eighty eight. Classic question mark Disney movie Oliver and Company. I certainly
1: remember it exists quite a bit. I I did not watch it until like the other day <laughs> for the first time.
0: Do you want to know when I first saw it? When right around September eleventh, two thousand and one.
1: Oh, like two thousand and
0: one. Yeah, they they released it, uh, re-released it on video, and the whole thing was. They didn't digitally remove the Twin Towers like uh, uh, Zoolander did, and the New York City firefighters thanked Disney for not doing that. Um, So they considered Oliver and Company a classic.
1: Oh, so it took a national tragedy for this movie to be
0: considered a
1: classic. (laughs)
0: Like It didn't do well until its second re-release. Which is so weird.
1: It's right. the it, second re-release, right? Because there was another one in 1996, too.
0: Right. So it was released in theaters, which I consider that that doesn't count. Yeah. In in 1988, that was the first run.
1: Yeah, everyone was too busy watching Land Before Time.
0: Exactly, actually. <laughs> which yeah. which Dom Bluth dropped out of to do this. Not Dom Bluth, Dom DeLuise. Right. So. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Yeah, it's so weird. So, why don't you uh, give us the blockbuster rule for Oliver and Company. On the back of your blockbuster video, what does it say for this movie?
1: Hey, kids. You like Dickens, right? No? Well, too bad. You're going to get some culture uh, slammed into your brain, you idiots. I hate you. Um, So... Uh, we we got a kitten playing the part of Oliver Twist, who is an orphan. Uh, he, he's in a basket or he's in a box. Or, okay, I'm not I'm not I'm not giving the elevator pitch, right?
0: Yeah, you literally just did it with the, the cram it down your face holes type of. <laughs> well, that's whatever it. That, that's whatever it. that. You whatever like, that terribly violent thing. You like you said. Dickens too fucking bad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, can I just point out something that drives me crazy about this movie? Yeah. It's the fact that Billy Joel is, I guess, even though it's called Oliver and Company, I guess Dodger is the main character. Right? No?
1: Not sh- no, I don't know. It's kind of he- like, who 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 develops the most? Dodger. Oliver? Dodger, God. okay. Yeah, there's some development with Dodger.
0: Because he's used to being abandoned. Because, like... Remember when he finds Oliver, and Oliver's like, I have a family. Why did you take me away? He's like, fuck you.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember he did say fuck you. Yeah. They left it in.
0: (laughs) Fuck you in a kid's movie. (laughs) Yeah, Billy Joel
1: really wanted his daughter to hear him say fuck you in a movie.
0: Billy, do you you really think you should be swearing in a kid's movie? No, what I'm just going to go drive drunk in the Hamptons. Yeah. (laughs) Why should I worry? Okay, so that's my problem. They have Billy Joel as as Dodger, but the person that they get to sing in the opening is Huey Lewis in the fucking news.
1: Now it's always once upon a time in New York City. It's a big old battle, tough old town, it's true.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, if Dodger is like like our storyteller for this, shouldn't he be doing the "Once Upon a Time in New York City" song? All right.
1: Well, well, we had who? Who's the guy who did the Alfred song? The uh, Christopher Cross. Where was oh, he that day? Arthur. <laughs> Arthur. I mean, Al- Alfred. Arthur. Uh, yeah, that, that was the first thing I thought of when I when I heard this opener too. Just as like, you know, what kids love is big schmaltzy eighties ballads.
0: But I, I guess I
1: guess the way I see it though is you know uh, you know drummers have different symbols you know that that produce different colors you know we needed a different butt rock crooner. you know we had Billie Joel to produce the one timbre we needed another butt rock timbre in there to sort of uh, you know fill out the Sonic palette. <laughs> that's my theory
0: well it, it just didn't make sense because you don't even see like Huey Lewis how great would it be if they like animated like a Huey Lewis and it's just Huey Lewis it's not like an animal it's just oh no
1: it, it's just him as a human hanging out with with all the dogs
0: <laughs> no I mean he's like walking by the thing and he's he keeps picking up Oliver and Oliver keeps getting his hopes up and then he just keeps putting Oliver back <laughs> in the basket yeah, doing it for like, my baby.
1: Are, are you gonna buy the cat or not, Huey? And he's, he just keeps singing. Oh, you're so brave, Huey. Don't be scared. My and wife throws him back into the
0: box. My wife says it's the saddest opening in a Disney movie. Like it's like, it's rough. Oh, I, I didn't think it. It's maybe it's because I'm a dog person.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, my my wife and I are cat people, and we watched it, and and we were, we we were, you know definitely grabbing our hearts the whole time because we have two orange cats so of course we were you know we, we were reporting their likeness to to him
0: well also when i lived in new york like i saved an orange cat from like street life and i lived right. in my apartment so i'm like no some hipster douchebag in brooklyn's gonna find that cat and it's gonna be fine
1: oh yeah totally the uh, the orange males are like typically the friendliest too, so it's it, it's surprising to see that he would be the last one left in the box. It was like, come on, he's like the friendliest one. Why would they leave him behind?
0: Yeah, the weirdest part too is they clearly just recycled all of the cats from Aristocats in that box.
1: Oh yeah, totally. They were all there. Oh, the Aristoc the Aristocats. That was we the movie done where. That was a movie where where all the cats had sex, right, and then all the human characters had sex and 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 then the butler's like, "What the fuck was that and And the cat is like, theorist of cats That's the end.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Gilbert Godfrey. You're welcome <laughs> <laughs> so if we if we go into like this movie, it's so fucking weird. This is like the weirdest eighties Disney movie. It's even weirder than the Black Cauldron because of like it doesn't look like a Disney movie. It looks like they're trying to do a Dom Bluth movie.
1: I I had the same feeling that it, it 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 has the energy of of a Dom Bluth movie and the animation too is like pretty pretty rough and uh I think what did uh John K from uh the the guy who did Ren and Stimpy uh, compared it to the guy who uh compared it to the guy who did Fritz the Cat, <laughs> that style of animation, uh, whatever Ralph his name Backy. was. Which I, don't, I don't think it was quite that horny, but uh, yeah, I mean, a, lo- a lot of, you know, sort of sketchy looking lines and everything.
0: Okay, all of the adults look so creepy. The, the hot dog guy, Fagin, um, Sykes, even... What's the butler's name? I'm just gonna call him Mr. Belvedere. Winston or some shit. Mr. Belvedere. I'm just saying, yeah. Mr. Belvedere. Yeah. Mr. Even Kila. It really doesn't matter. It's like I don't want him taking care of that little girl.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're all so grotesque. Uh, like, yeah, the, it, it, it was kind of upsetting. The 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 hot dog guy, voiced by Frank Welker. Uh, oh, was it? Yeah.
0: Scooby Doo.
1: Yeah. Uh, I okay. mean, and also ninety bajillion other things.
0: So, after the success of um, Great Mouse Detective, the year before, they are two years before, they they're like, you know what? Let's let's get an all star cast. We can do it now, because uh, Vincent Price did Great Mouse Detective. So they got their original cast for The Artful Dodger. This is like they're shooting for the moon. They wanted. Steve Martin. It gets weird. Okay. Travolta. Uh
1: for for Dodger.
0: Yeah. And this is the biggest shooting for the moon. Tom Cruise.
1: Al Capone. <laughs> Tom Cruise. <He's> dead. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom That's Cruise. That's ridiculous though. Tom like- Cruise.
0: Yeah. And uh for the role that okay, Richard Mulligan's in this movie, and it it's baffling. Whoever the hell that is. Remember the TV show Soap. Uh,
1: I I remember it. I I never saw it. I okay. I, I I actually remember Empty Nest. That's more him more than Soap. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's the guy on Empty Nest. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah the guy from Empty Nest plays uh, Einstein, the big dumb dog, and yeah. they wanted Stallone. <laughs> yo, I'm a dog.
1: Woof. (laughs) (laughs) They couldn't get Brad Garrett or he wasn't
0: born yet. Brad Garrett would have been great. Um, And they wanted Patrick Stewart to play Francis, but he was too busy being Jean-Luc Picard in Star Trek. Oh, right,
1: because that that was just kicking off in 88 for sure.
0: Yeah, so they went with Roscoe. Francis. (laughs) They went with Roscoe Lee Brown, who was also on Soap.
1: Yeah. Oh, they were really casting a wide net there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Whitney Houston was considered for Rita. This is the second time that, that I've done an 80s movie with a dog that they wanted Whitney Houston for the role, and she said no.
1: The first one... <laughs> she, she turned down two dog roles.
0: All dogs go to heaven, and this.
1: That's hilarious. I wonder. Uh, I I just picture that. Like, what the fuck is going on? Why do I keep getting offered dog rolls?
0: <laughs> you could say that she's one mean bitch. <laughs> nice. Rest in peace, Whitney Houston. He Cocaine's hell of a drug. Um. Oh yeah, there was one other person for Dodger um, that I didn't mention: Burt Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey kid, hey. why don't we uh, why don't we go uh, liberate those sausages, huh?
0: And and he ended up doing all dogs go to heaven instead. Oh right, right, right. Oh, this is weird. They wanted Eddie Murphy to be Francis. Hey, I'm a that... British dog.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that that's an odd choice. I wonder what the thinking was there.
0: Oh holy shit! And Robert De Niro was also a con- contender to be Dodger. <laughs>
1: Okay, you bucking at me?
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. The the list goes on forever for people who turned down the roles. Scott Bakula for Fagin, James Coburn, John Cleese for Tito, John Cleese for Tito. That's weird. Robert Hayes for the Artful Dodger.
1: Wow, a lot of people turned down for the really long list until you got to Billy Joel. I really. That that was a very long list to go down.
0: Mickey Rourke, Gregory Hines, Jane Seymour, Jerry Orbach.
1: Jerry Orbach turned it down. Wow.
0: Linda Carter was considered for Georgette, and she was about to sign, and then Bette Midler's like, I want it.
1: Oh, no kidding. She yeah. usurped.
0: Well, okay, Bette Midler in this movie is so, so, like... I get it's perfectly cast, but at the same time, it's bizarre because she is a sociopath.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird character. This movie in general, I I know for a fact I probably would not have enjoyed as a child uh, because the characters are are like really dark like that.
0: I think I hated it as a kid.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised.
0: I think I hear Gunter in the back. Gunter
1: is literally crying and, and yelling right now. This is hilarious. He knows does, I'm talking about. Orange does he Cats. have things
0: to say about Oliver and Company? I'm sure he
1: did. Give me one moment. Where were we?
0: I hated this as a kid. Like, I I hated this movie as a kid. I only rented it because I ran out of like other movies.
1: Yeah, I'd, like I said, I. I remember distinctly. Remember advertisements for it going back to nineteen eighty eight, uh, and probably going to see Land Before Time instead. Uh, and yeah, I the the song was very much prominently featured, so I, I remembered it quite clearly. But yeah, I never got around to seeing the movie until you know until this came up.
0: Ah, uh, Land and, Before Time, as I yeah, call it, Dinosaur Land Orphans. Time.
1: Yeah. It, Dinosaur orphans versus cat orphans, yes. for sure. Uh, and uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I I definitely would not have enjoyed this as a kid because of the the dark subject matter and because of the the Dickens the Dickensian plot is just like would have been too much for me. Yeah, it would didn't have been too s- much for a four year old.
0: Okay, I see like history repeating itself with like Disney because, um. They were doing well with like Great Mouse Detective and Little Mermaid, and that uh, well, which came after this, but they like s- struggled with Dickens. Disney did that again with like Hunchback in Notre Dame and like Pocahontas. They're like, wait, why why do kids don't want to see a movie about you know like the British coming over and stealing people's land, or you know this Frollo being a creep to this gypsy woman?
1: Yeah, the the the. The history lesson and, and and that weird book with with, with the the hunchback guy, and you said Black Cauldron was a book too, right?
0: Yeah, it, it or was based like, on a book. Yeah, it was based on a book series, which Tim Burton did Black Cauldron. He was like a background animator on it.
1: Oh, interesting. I, he got I've fired. never seen that either. You
0: got fired. You did. They're like, this is too dark. You're fired. That's hilarious. Yeah. So okay. Billy Joel Dog. I'm not saying Dodger anymore. I'm saying Billy Joel Dog. Yeah. Um, Why did they have to animate him to look exactly like Billy Joel? Even give him the droopy, sad eyes and the sunglasses and his little ascot thing that he wore in the 80s during The Stranger?
1: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) they do that a lot with with cartoon characters. I'm not really sure. Uh,
0: This had to be one of the first times.
1: Maybe, and maybe they wanted him to be recognizable uh, and to like put the name to the voice or whatever, put the, the droopy eyeballs to the voice. In the they tri- just make good dog eyes, who knows?
0: In the trivia for this, they're like, the only acting role of Billy Joel. I was like, good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, that didn't need to go beyond this movie.
0: Okay, so in the Why Should I Worry music scene... Did you find it very creepy? Like we talked about in Animal Olympics, like like drawing, uh, you know, furry drawings. Why did yes. they have to do like the the background singers like being super like into Dodger, if you know what I mean?
1: Uh, that's a very good question. I mean, I mean they they needed to. They needed to enhance his his you know the, his message, which was that which is that he's. A say cool the word dude. you were gonna
0: say, sex appeal.
1: <laughs> his sex appeal, sure. Yeah they they needed to they needed to horn it up a bit uh, in order to make him look cooler because <laughs> you know that that's a good thing for for uh, children should be able to recognize.
0: Kids had a crush on Robin Hood and Robin Hood. Well, wait till they get a load of the artful dodger. <laughs> <laughs> he's cool he lives on the streets of new york city he's probably seen two hobos fighting it out for you know drugs
1: yes the artful <laughs> dodger has to visit everyone in the neighborhood and, and alert everyone that he has moved there
0: <laughs> but of all of like the dickens novels why would they go with oliver and company like jenny and oliver and company or whatever the girl's name who like saves his life doesn't she die? I'm pretty sure I'm not she sure. dies.
1: It's been a while since, since I since I read the original one. I don't know. Did did they did they float a Great Expectations Disney movie?
0: That would have been so dark and weird. South Park did that strange. instead.
1: That that would have tanked Disney forever. <laughs>
0: Disney's Great Expectations, with Bernadette Peters as everyone, and Mandy Patinkin.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, with the, the lady who plays Maud and Harold and Maud as oh, uh, Mrs. Gordon. Habersham. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Ruth Gordon as Mrs. Habersham, and yeah, exactly. Bud Court as Pip.
1: Fantastic. I like it.
0: Okay, Robert Loggia is in this movie, and this oh, movie- Oh, yes, is- he is. That <laughs> old he played, bastard. Yeah, he plays Sykes, but his his dogs, his Dobermans. I'm, we're gonna be skipping around, but in the end, when they all die, that's right, kids. Two dogs get hit by a the A train.
1: Yeah, that that was a bit traumatizing. <laughs> they, they they get electrocuted.
0: Yeah, they get hit by the A train, and he gets hit by the F train. Yeah. And I, and i was watching Press it. f yeah because he gets f um and i was saying to Haley, i'm like that's the a train that's the f train and she's like how do you know i'm like i know because <laughs> the colors that one's yeah. blue and that that one was orange well right? look
1: at you showing that street savoir faire
0: well i am a singing dog that carries hot dogs around its neck singing why should i worry Yeah. Do you think they they were hoping that Billy Joel was going to write his own songs, and he's like, "Nah, I'm not going to do that. Just write some shit."
1: Yeah, yeah. He's like, uh no, nah, I'm not doing that today. You guys write me some stuff." Alan Menken, what do you got for everybody? Huey Lewis was like, "I'll do it,
0: doing it for my baby."
1: <laughs> it's hip to be a
0: dog. It's hip to be a dog. Uh if this is it. Please let me bark. Just <laughs> say it so. Um, this is the second time I've talked about Huey Lewis this, this animation month because uh, Chris Brown and I were talking about, um, uh, for some reason we ended up talking about Huey Lewis in the Ewoks episode.
1: In the Ewoks episode? That's great. That, that he would come up. Uh, did yeah. that, when did that come up? Was that 1983?
0: Uh, Ewoks was 85 and 86. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Sports was 83. That that was a very Huey-licious year.
0: Or was that four? Was that... I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know, but, but this was a very Huey year, too, because 88 was... No, sports was 86, so this had to be... This had to be four.
1: Yeah, this was, no, he he was still relevant at this point, for sure. It was kind of tapering off at this point. Billy Joel was, I think, this was before We Didn't Start the Fire, wasn't it? Because I think that was 89.
0: I think this was, like, right before. Yeah. No, I think We Didn't Start the Fire, I thought, was the end of 88. Because they they gave him the We Didn't Start the Fire sunglasses. He, he's right, got the come on Pat came tell out. me when he started the fire
1: it was September 27th 1989
0: damn yeah Disney knew they're they like did not that maybe of course they do <laughs> did he really need the sunglasses did Dodger really need the sunglasses
1: it, it's not a good idea to give a dog sunglasses
0: I just they remember don't have, they don't have the vision I remember they were trying so hard to give like catchphrases in this movie. Like that's why they had Cheech Marin saying like whatever he could to try and like put it on like a, a McDonald's mug. But the one that yeah. they they created for Billy Joel was absolutely positively that's not a word.
1: Yeah, I mean, was when I saw that I actually wondered if this was the first instance of a of a like a movie doing that reverse absolutely. Absolutely, positively, thing. And if this was like the first instance of that in a film,
0: I think it was. Wow. And yeah. Wow. Really. They bringing, should have put that on a mug. They probably did. Disney. Disney. That mug. And Disney had a deal with McDonald's, and like this sold Happy Meal toys.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Land Before Time was doing the Pizza Hut.
0: Yeah. Thing. Don Bluth was time. Pizza Hut. Disney was McDonald's. And Tom then,
1: Bluth owned the Pizza Hut.
0: And, and for a while, uh, when they got um, mad at, at uh, I think it was Beauty and the Beast, they got mad at McDonald's. They, they ended up going to Burger King. And then Burger, yeah, <laughs> McDonald's was like, please come back to us.
1: Oh, you're right. You're right.
0: Oh, those fast food wars. And it was caused by Oliver and Company. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the, it, it, this was the beginning. This was also like the beginning of their the Disney being insistent on a schedule of there being like a new movie every year, right? Which I think for the most part they kept up with like through the nineties.
0: Yeah, actually. So okay, I was actually talking to someone about this. It went after this. It was so eighty-eight was Oliver and Company. Eighty-nine was uh. Beauty, uh, 89 was Little Mermaid, then Rescuers Down Under, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, um, Lion King. Ni- Nightmare Before Christmas, Lion King, um, uh, Pocahontas, uh, Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, Tarzan, and then the one that killed it was Dinosaur.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was Treasure Planet that killed Oh,
0: me. wait, that's right. Uh, then it went Atlantis, Treasure Planet. And then they were like, "No know what? We're out.
1: Atlantis. Damn, I forgot about that one.
0: Oh, wait, we're both wrong. Uh, it was Home on the Range that killed it. That was 2003. That's the, That was the Pied Piper of Hamelin one with cows. Roseanne was in it. Jennifer Tilly. Oh, Cuba Jesus Good- Christ. Jr. It gets worse. Randy Quaid. <laughs>
1: Wow, I forgot about that. There, there was there was one with bears at some. Oh, Brother Bear, Brother
0: Bear. That was also that was two thousand four. Yeah, yeah, that was another Phil Collins one. Oh,
1: yeah, we oh. will be some bears.
0: You'll <laughs> be a bear. I'll be a bear. I still okay. The songs in this, none of them are catchy, none of them are memorable, except for Billy Joel's one, and it was exactly. And they were banking on that song so much they sing it twice.
1: Yep, you know, you you know, if if it didn't work the first time, it, it will surely work the second time around.
0: Just keep doing it.
1: Just keep doing it. They should have just done it throughout the whole movie. Just keep bringing it up.
0: <laughs> they just go crazy. Damn it, Dodger, You already said that.
1: <laughs> they just keep saying it. And that's what that's what drives the Dobermans and uh, and S- Sykes insane. It's just like them <laughs> they're like, no,
0: what we're not going to chase you onto the train tracks. I'll I'll jump myself.
1: <laughs> please stop that goddamn song.
0: Okay, this is going to be a very dark story. But when I lived in New York the common occurrence of jumping in front of a train was more often than not all right yeah i have seen too many people jump in front of a subway train
1: oh you've you've witnessed it firsthand wow okay
0: to the point where the dogs the police dogs that came down they started crying
1: oh man yeah that's rough
0: so when when i saw that scene in this movie Ah, uh, with the chase on on the tracks, I was like, "Okay, I, I'm having some bad PTSD flashbacks."
1: Jesus, yeah, tell me about it. That, that's that's awful.
0: Once upon a time in New York City. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if while they were playing that, like instead of the sad scenes with Oliver, like not getting adopted, you, you just see like the saddest stuff, like a guy gets fired, his wife leaves him. <laughs> He's standing on top of a building and they're trying to talk him down. That cause that's he's, New York, folks.
1: He's in an alley, like just like handing cash to someone who hands him a paper bag. He brings it home and it's a gun and he's like just holding it in his mouth.
0: And he, he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh, Huey Lewis <laughs> is on the radio.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> Love this song. It's hip to be square. <laughs> do, do 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 do.
0: It's hip to be a cat. Do,
1: do, 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 do. I,
0: okay, so So Fagin's gang, he has a gang of dogs who pick pockets and steal radios and stereos. Just
1: like stuff, (laughs) just just things like whatever.
0: Honestly, there's like
1: a doll, a fishbone.
0: Yeah, but but he he taught them how to do these things. Screw like robbing people like go on David Letterman. (laughs) He would make so much money.
1: Yeah, And just rob the audience blind. It'll be great. (laughs) Now you'll notice that none of you have your wallet anymore.
0: I got it. Thanks, got David it. Letterman. Got
1: <laughs> uh, we got to come here and get our wallets stolen by by dog trainers more often.
0: Take it away, Paul.
1: <laughs> He's the guy with the dog that steal your wallet. Stupid,
0: tricks. <laughs> <laughs> weird, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, you, you have Letterman doing the weird. Uh, yeah yeah like in this you're, eyebrows thing.
1: Yeah, you're not seeing it but but Scott is licking his uh thumb and and uh, wiping his eyebrows with it.
0: Like uh, letterman did. Which I probably yes. shouldn't be doing in uh quarantine times.
1: Eh, yeah. I'll you're just, only giving it to yourself now.
0: Yeah, I'll just wash my hands 25 times. <laughs> okay.
1: That is the uh WHO certified amount of times. 25.
0: Yep. Damn right. Um Let's talk about Jenny. This this little girl has the saddest life.
1: Yeah. I I was worried that it was gonna be voiced by by that girl who, who did the voice of the girl in uh Oh All Dogs Go to Heaven.
0: Oh uh yeah.
1: Charlie. But she's still alive. No, this she
0: did she alive. did uh whatchamacallit instead. She did uh Lamb Before Time. She was Ducky. Oh Ducky, yes, yeah. that's right. Unfortunately, Judith barsey was her name uh she yeah. was she was actually dead at this point
1: oh right right 'cause that that was like eighty seven
0: yep like oh, can we do one animated dog movie where we don't talk about the death of a child <laughs> it just comes up
1: every time I don't know it just it's forever linked for me.
0: I don't. Uh, the actress who played her never did another animated movie or any movie again. I I originally thought it was Jenny Lewis, um, but I I love how her parents are like, we're rich. Yes, it's your birthday. Oh, fiddle dee dee. Oh, you got kidnapped. I guess we got to come back now, don't we?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Always I' ruining our vacation.
0: We're trying to be rich. It's the 80s. We traveled the world. We're at the French Riviera. We're probably doing a lot of cocaine.
1: Oh yeah, we are doing a lot of cocaine and listening to a lot of Robert Palmer.
0: <laughs> our daughter got kidnapped. <laughs> She's simply irresistible. <laughs> she got kidnapped. <laughs> Might as well face it. My daughter got kidnapped, <laughs> and all those girls who look exactly the same are playing instruments.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're they're all there.
0: I I felt so bad for Dom DeLuise. I remember as a kid seeing Fagin. I'm like, oh, he's pathetic. His life is really sad.
1: <laughs> yeah, like you, even at the end of the movie, he didn't like change his outfit or anything. He was he was still like in that like knit cap bum outfit.
0: Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't quite homeless and a hobo cuz he he had a place to live.
1: Was he yeah, a squatter? He, I I think he had a a unique setup happening there. I think he had a unique arrangement with whoever owned that building. Like
0: This is this is my nephew. I told his mother on her deathbed that I would take care of him. Don't ask any questions. Yeah, but Sorry. how? But how does he make a living? I said, don't ask any questions. He hangs out with a mobster, whose only, I guess, roughs are uh, dogs. But like, what not what didn't Sykes have like strong men? His his hit men were dogs.
1: I mean, Dobermans could can fuck some shit up for sure. Uh, but yeah, I I think he maybe should have had some some humans as well. You know. Dogs, you can still, you know, you could just like toss him some meat, and that'll distract him for a few minutes.
0: Yeah. So it was uh, DeSoto and Roscoe were the Dobermans, and if you know your New York history, that's DeSoto Ave. and uh, Roscoe uh, Roscoe Boulevard, which back in the '80s was a hot spot for crime. <laughs> like that. That's where the stuff went down in Taxi Driver when he saves Jodie Foster from. Harvey Keitel pimp.
1: Because that's what... (laughs) Known intersection.
0: Yeah, one of the the fun facts is like they used the inspiration of Martin Scorsese movies to really capture the essence of New York City. I was like, that is a terrible thing to do in a kid's movie.
1: Oh, yeah. So I remember they they had popcorn that they were selling uh, with a special butter that smelled like urine so you could really get the full olfactory experience of being in New York. They, they had guns going off, like, in the background the whole time.
0: And, uh, and people it, yelled, hey, I'm walking here. And and if you look very closely, you can see a, a hobo doing heroin in an alley. And mm. then here's Tinkerbell doing the little whoop-de-doop with her wand. <laughs> He's seeing a different type <laughs> of pixie.
1: <laughs>
0: also, I still don't understand how Oliver gets into this gang how the fuck does he get into the gang because like he he basically bitch slaps the doberman and they're like oh you didn't die i guess you're one of us now
1: well i think he well at first he he came in uh he he wanted some of those sausages that he helped dodger steal. uh and even at that point the the other members were like ha, yeah whatever you're you're cool uh, and then, yeah, I guess I guess the scratching of the Doberman's nose just sort of uh, uh, just sort of sunk it for them. They were <laughs> like, you're in. Totally. You, <laughs> you got you got moxie, kid.
0: You know how to slap. Welcome to New York City. Once <laughs> upon a time. Um, those sausages were are those hot dogs were so gross. They went through they touched the ground. They went through cement. Uh Getting sprayed with with a fire hydrant won't clean off cement. <laughs> yeah, they're
1: dogs though. They're fine. They they have they can handle it. They like w- it.
0: Where's the Disney animated scene where after eating those dirty sausages, those dogs get horrible diarrhoea?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: and you just see Fagin like, oh no, 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 not on the carpet.
1: Oh, geez, geez. It's like it's like Trader Joe's peanut butter up in here.
0: <laughs> Trader Joe's peanut butter. <laughs> Price Chopper, Johnny Foodmaster. Yeah. Other Boston and New York <laughs> grocery store landmarks.
1: Price Chopper.
0: <laughs> um also Tom Delouise in this movie uh, was a last minute replacement because um they even designed who they originally wanted. The person who originally was supposed to be Fagin dropped out last minute. Who do you think in the eighties, who was a big comic actor?
1: John Lovitz.
0: No. But you're close. You're on, you're oh, on man. Rick Moranis. Also on SNL? Well, SETV. Rick Moranis. Oh, okay. Yeah. He ended Fair up enough. doing Brother Fair Bear. Enough. Rick Moranis. He
1: was in... Uh, oh, he was doing the fucking Honey, I Shrunk the Kids that year, I think.
0: Uh, or Ghostbusters
1: 2? Or Ghostbusters 2, yeah. Yeah.
0: Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was 89. Yeah. I, I, yeah, Rick Moranis. If you look at the stuff he turned down for Disney to get to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, he turned down this, he turned down Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and he went with wow. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which I don't. I think it's just a lateral move. It's not like a step backwards, but
1: yeah, it, it's certainly not a step above. It, 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 I would say it's a lateral move.
0: But the voice of Dom DeLuise coming out of Fagin does not sound like it should be coming out of that guy.
1: It's a little strange. You're right. It, it, it. Yeah, because this character fagan is kinda like this scrawny ginger guy and, and the voice coming out of him is like very so profundo.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it should be like a Michael Jeter.
1: <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Or like Anthony like Michael Hall.
0: <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Um, so, so I need to talk about Mr. Belvedere or Winston or whatever the hell her butler's name is, because the voice that came out of him did not sound like, like it should be coming out of him. Like the voices that come out of most of these characters don't fit, except for Joey Lawrence, who is Oliver. Yeah. Whoa.
1: Yeah. When he, when he was a young and
0: yeah, give me a break. He uh, replaced Jonathan Brandis, who is um, Jonathan Brandis was in the movie Sidekicks, Ladybugs, Sequest. Oh yeah, okay. He would later end up committing suicide in early two thousand after Oof. after he didn't get the part of Anakin Skywalker. Oh Jesus! He okay. lost it to Hayden Christensen. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's very dark. But they replaced him because, according to uh, uh, my research, he didn't sound cute enough. I guess he was already (laughs) hitting uh, puberty at that point and doing Never Ending Story 2.
1: Yeah. Oh, Oh, that's right. He was in that.
0: He was the new Bastion Box. Yeah. So they went with Joey Lawrence from Gimme a Break. Do you think Nell Carter was like, I got this kid, he's amazing.
1: <laughs> I, I I never watched that show. I I my my entry point for Joey Lawrence was, blossom. was uh in the 90s. Yeah, the Blossom.
0: Whoa. Of yeah. And of Who course, did? brotherly love.
1: <laughs> of course. Everyone's favorite. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, okay. Oliver is kind of. He's adorable, but also at the same time, he is dumb. He believes everything he is told.
1: Which is still kind of cute. <laughs> but yeah, he, he doesn't really grow too much over the course of the film.
0: No, he doesn't. He's like, now I'm rich. Oh, man, they're going to make me poor again. No, I don't want to be poor again. And then Billy Joel's like, fuck you. When, when they kidnap Oliver again. And and uh, what's his name? Uh, Billy Joel is like, hey, we're family, but I wanted to go back. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that that famous part in the movie where Dodger says "fuck you," they left it in. <laughs> we Second want then it we rot. made that
0: joke, um, but I still think that like his, his development, his growth. Does not warrant anything. Dodgers growth does not make sense in this movie. Is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since since I read Oliver Twist, so I don't, I don't remember. Like, is there a point in the book where the where the focus kind of comes off Oliver and we? And we no, focus it's always more on, on Oliver. On
0: no, I'm pretty sure the artful Dodger dies. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. Um, Because they're like, oh, we're not basing this off of Oliver Twist. We're basing it off of Oliver, the musical. And I'm like, yeah, the artful Dodger has nothing to do in that either. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I definitely never saw the the
0: play. And Fagin is not as nice. You
1: should have got Donald Fagin from Steely Dan to play (laughs) Fagin.
0: Are you reeling in the evening? (laughs) These a little up. puppy. And here's a cat doing cat shit. Um, so it says, the artful Dodger ends up... Um, Dead. Dickens described him with these last words. The Do- Dodger suffered himself... Um. Basically, he's taken away, and it's implied that he's going to be beaten to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember them doing that. You just he, <laughs> he you just see Dom uh, VE- and being like, "You're gonna get, st- you're gonna get neutered. <laughs> Cause then cause he had to
1: return it, to his home planet.
0: <laughs> yes, he's poochy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had
1: to go away to a, to a special farm.
0: <laughs> when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> um, but it, it's also implied that that Dodger is just like macking on chicks left and right. like Rita is clearly his girlfriend, but at the same time, everyone is his girlfriend.:
1: Yeah, even Tito. T-
0: Tito is problematic hit his aggression towards georgette and then um georgette's like oh well now you're going to become a fancy lad but you have to get fixed (laughs) because that's why he runs away at the end
1: oh that's right well well he dressed yeah and they put him in that little sailor suit
0: oh he he's waiting for teneal yeah he looks like the captain (laughs) (laughs)
1: Love Uh, will keep us together.
0: (laughs) Georgette is a bitch. Uh, Oh, the person... I was saving this last casting choice. Linda Carter, who is Wonder Woman. Oh, I think I already said this. Linda Carter really wanted to be Georgette. I don't think Wonder Woman can sing.
1: (laughs) No, I never knew Linda Carter to be a singer. I could be mistaken, though.
0: I don't know. She needs to get out the lasso of truth because she was the original Wonder Woman. Right. That's right, kids. Before there was Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot, however you say it, there was Linda Carter and to me, she will always be Wonder Woman.
1: Where that that Wonder Woman could sing and dance and do the
0: whatever. <laughs> do the child sitting on top of a flagpole. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Like if if they went with like all of the choices they wanted, right now this is a pretty '80s cast. I mean, they did get DeLuise. They really should have got Burt Reynolds, and then we could have had the rest of Cannonball Run. Hmm. So, is there anything that like really shocked you in this movie?
1: Uh, not really. Uh, I, I the. Like I said, this was the first time I had seen it uh, in my entire life, despite, like, seeing numerous advertisements for it as a kid. Uh, So, I don't know. I I mean, I knew it was a Dickens plot, so there was going to be, like, some elements of darkness to it. Uh, There were were some scenes that were, like, kind of scary, and I, I think... You know, kind of pushed it beyond the the G rating. Sykes uh, Limo itself, in, in, was was in terms of imagery,
0: Sykes Limo was terrifying as a kid. Yeah,
1: I thought he was like a pretty good villain, uh like on par with Radigan. <laughs> like it, it, like in terms of like just being a scary motherfucker in this movie.
0: <laughs> what if his character in this was also the same character from a uh, Big? Because it's also Robert Lotion. and he's like. Come on, Fagan! hurry up. I need to go to F.A.O. Schwartz with a man-child. <laughs> got to play the or big rock. old keyboard. Oh, man. Dun, 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 dun. I, I remember Robert Loja. Do you remember the old um, Tropicana orange juice commercial where they're like, you want to drink your orange juice? Come on. I'll drink it if Robert Loggia tells me to. Try some new Minute Maid orange tangerine. It's got calcium. Then I'm not drinking it.
1: Oh, no, it's sweet. You'll like it.
0: I don't believe you.
1: Well, then who would you believe?
0: I don't know. Robert
1: Loja? Whoa, Robert
0: Loja! Billy, your mother's right. New Minute made Orange Tangerine tastes great. And it's got as much calcium as milk. If
1: you say so, Mr. Loja. Yeah. This is great.
0: Enjoy your breakfast. This, like, 12-year-old kid's like, only if Robert Loja tells me to drink this orange juice, and then Robert Loja walks in and is like, "Hey kid, drink your damn orange juice." <laughs> I'm like, I don't people. remember that.
1: When was this?
0: Uh, 96, 97. Wow. Uh, I, yeah, I remember that commercial because I'm like, there's no way that an eight year old kid knows who Robert Loja is.
1: I know. That's how <laughs> they all learned the. That's where he built his following.
0: It's 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 like, hey, eat your cornflakes only if Peter Falk tells me to. <laughs> yeah, I just searched it. Yeah, Robert Loja, orange juice commercial. I'm gonna send this to you after. Um... Yeah, I'm
1: gonna have to check this out.
0: Yeah, after after the podcast, I'm
1: sure I remember it. I watched a lot of television in the '90s. Uh, it Whoa,
0: be... Robert Loja. <laughs> Fuck you kid, you don't know who Robert Loggia is. <laughs> How do he you would... know? They could be big fans of uh all those times he beat up, you know, call girls in movies. <laughs> you know, kids fucking
1: love uh
0: Independence Day,
1: Jagged Edge and Pritzy's Honor.
0: <laughs> 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 Robert Loggia.
1: That's right. R for Robert (laughs) Loja. Oh, for, oh my God. God, it's
0: Robert Loja. B for, by George, I think that's Robert Loja. E as in Ernie, look, it's Robert Loja. R as in Robert (laughs) Loja. Oh my God. T as in today, I'm going to meet Robert (laughs) Loja. So... The main plot is Fagin needs to get a certain amount of money, or Sykes is gonna do something with him. They can't say he kill. Owe some money, owe some money, but they can't say kill because it's a Disney movie. Until they kill Sykes with a freaking F train. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, you know, if you don't pay your debt, you know, you know what happens to you. You'll be wearing cement shoes and playing the harp, is what they say. It's like, oh, can't you just say I'll kill you?
1: We will end your life. You
0: will cease to live. You're going to die by me, Robert Loja. Tropicana orange juice Minute Maid, Robert Loja. You're going to
1: die just like all of your favorite grandparents and pets, childhood pets, just like you, like all of you out in the audience that are watching this movie right now. You will also experience death and the death of loved
0: ones. Did we tell you that uh, Disney had been taken over by an existentialist? Yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Katzenberg's Oliver and Company: An Existential Drama, rewritten by Camus. <laughs> I I love the the ransom note that he writes. Fagin writes to the little girl. Hey, Mister Big Shot, I got your kitty cat.
1: Hey, Mr. Big Shot, I got you kitty cat. That makes me sound real scary, don't it?
0: Yeah, and then I, I love what a wimp Fagin is because he's like, little girl, what are you doing here down by the docks? They're sailors. They're picking up prostitutes. Oh, wait, can't say prostitutes in the Disney movie. They're picking up ladies of the evening.
1: And you just had the cat with him the whole time, too. Like, you'd blow your cover.
0: Yeah, because he, he's like, oh, here, let me go behind this boat. Oh, look, I found a kitty cat.
1: Like, my, my cats are pretty friendly, but, like, the way that they present Oliver and, like, the fact that, she, that he, like, bounces, he's, like, bouncing around and, like, hanging out with the girl and, like, staying put and, like, you know, doing activities with her and not just, like, totally going off doing his own thing, like, being outside is like just portraying a very unrealistic image of cats that, it, that I think...
0: That's uh, why Oliver should not have been a cat. He should have been a dog. And yeah,
1: and, and the original idea was for it to be all dogs. Right. But, but we, we had a cat instead, which is like...
0: Well, it would yeah, have made, you're right.
1: It seems strange.
0: It would have made more sense if Fagan's gang was like Oliver was a dog, but his gang was like a mix between dogs and cats.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're they're it's a diverse gang of of like all the all the different street toughs that you encounter in New York City, you know.
0: You could have also had a rat. You could have had an alligator that lives in the the sewer system.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: All the ninja turtles.
1: A few, a few pigeons, uh I don't know, uh, some silverfish. <laughs> no cockroaches, <laughs> yeah, cockroaches.
0: Bunch of hobos that live in like old abandoned subway tunnels. Oh yeah, they're
1: they're there to talk to them too.
0: <laughs> um, but the introduction of Bette Midler's Georgette, her song. They clearly got Bruce Valanche to write the song for her. But it's me. One knows the world is watching. One
1: does what one must. Some minor adjustments, darling. Not for my vanity, but for humanity.
0: He used to yeah. write her music. I, I did not
1: know that, but that's yeah. hilarious. Uh, sounds about right. It was, it was very
0: Midler-esque. <laughs> I'm Bet Midler. I mean, Georgette. <laughs> Yeah. What if she just referred to herself? I'm the divine Miss you can't say um, you can't say M. uh G. I'm the divine Miss G. I shift, I shift, I shift. Eyebrows, eyebrows, eyebrows. Also, I'm pretty sure the food that Jenny gave Oliver would have killed him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I wait. What, what what did they feed him again?
0: She made some sort of batter, like she was mixing like flour and eggs. Oh,
1: right, right. I forgot about She's that. She's making part. like that some sort of just nonsense.
0: Hope you like goulash.
1: <laughs> I was just feeding him gruel because he's an orphan. That's right, orphans like gruel, right?
0: Yeah. Also, they they suck. But I have some more. Yeah, that comes from Oliver, and they don't even have something similar to that.
1: Yeah, they didn't. It was like, totally give me some of your sausages. Yeah, please, hey, so I could have more sausages. And Frank Welker, fucking sausage guy, gets all pissed off and goes, some more. And that's it. Then we hang up our hat <laughs> and do the little dance and go to the next scene. Da 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 da.
0: There, I think there's at least four or five songs in this movie, and I can't think of any other song. Except for the first two songs that we hear,
1: yeah, same. Uh, I'm I'm right there with you. Right, where they just weren't catchy. Um, yeah, they were just trying too hard, and they were like too adult contemporary for 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 like a kid to get into
0: it. Because if you think about it, the year before you had Radigan from uh, what you call from Grey Mouse Detective, and then a year later you'll have Part of Your World. And under the sea, and all the other songs.
1: <laughs> I mean, from from 1988 to 1989, the just the shift in quality and animation and, and like just the the song arrangements and everything is is
0: insane.
1: <laughs> it's such a quantum leap to the Little Mermaid.
0: There are nine songs in this movie and i couldn't tell you a single one of them
1: no because they're all like fucking boring ass like dad adult contemporary like poop rock like who gives a shit they weren't fun they weren't like fun little island numbers like we get in in wool mermaid
0: yeah um howard ashman and um it wasn't even Alan Mencken, It was just Howard Ashman wrote Once Upon a Time in New York City. And then everything else was written by someone different for every single song. Yeah. So Why Should I Worry was written by uh, Dan Hartman and Charlie Midnight. Produced by Phil Ramone. Interesting. <laughs> wow. Does Joey and Didi know? <laughs>
1: Different uh, Ramon. I
0: know. Street of Gold was written by Dean uh Dean Pitchford and Tom Snow. And okay. this one will really piss you off. So Perfect. Ed nah, no. Perfect isn't yet. easy. The Bette Midler song was written by Barry Manlow, Jack Feldman, and Bruce Sussman.
1: Oh, right. There was a Barry Manilow number in this. Did he sing something, too?
0: No, that was Bat Midler who sang that one.
1: Oh, okay. So so he just wrote that. Oh, Jesus
0: Christ. And Ron Roca and Rob Minkoff. Rob Minkoff would go on to direct The Lion King, wrote Good oh. Company. Interesting. And Biscondo, um the song that is supposed to be sung by Cheech Marin, but because he can't sing, they got Reuben Blades <laughs> instead. Wow. And, um, Come on,
1: Cheech. You couldn't just give it a go.
0: And they got John McCafferty. Who? John McCafferty. Um, from, uh, what would you know him from?
1: from McCafferty group.
0: (laughs) That's the McLaughlin group. (laughs) He he um he was a disco singer. Oh okay. Yeah. So this is the dumbest soundtrack to a Disney movie ever.
1: Yeah it's not great. It's not catchy.
0: And Let's not forget. We have years later. Bless my soul. Herc was on a roll from Hercules.
1: That Hercules sucked too.
0: I mean, after after Pocahontas and Hunchback, I did not mind Hercules.
1: Mm, true,
0: because I remember being so bored with Pocahontas. Wood. I was so bored in Pocahontas. I was like, we just had the Lion King, and now we got this shit. And then then Hunchback, I was like, what the hell is this? I could be sitting in the Nutty Professor right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or Striptease, because all three of them came out the same day.
1: <laughs> take your pick.
0: It's like, hey, let's go see Striptease. How about not, because you're 10? <laughs>
1: Good God. forgot about the old... Hunchback in Notre Dame movie.
0: Well, so you you saw that... It's like that not funny
1: at all. <laughs> There's no jokes.
0: No. Like, I think Jason Alexander has all the jokes.
1: Oh, right. He's one of the gargoyles or some shit. Yes. Right?
0: Yeah. So Oliver and Company came out the same day as um, Land Before Time. Exactly the same day and got its ass handed to by land before time so much, yeah. so much so that universal studios was going to create a land before time ride they did et instead <laughs> and we all remember the classic disney ride of artful dodger's wild ride oh wait no it doesn't exist disney yeah, the land before
1: time ride would have been like pretty depressing just like one where you, you go through like a tunnel and like your parents die. And then you have to like go through the whole passage of life <laughs> with these assholes that you don't even like that much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Way to get dark, Pat.
1: Hey, listen, I didn't write the movie.
0: <laughs> so uh, um, as we get to the end of this, what is the biggest takeaway? like what is the moral that you're picking up from this disney movie that isn't even a moral at all because they're all uh, supposed to have morals
1: i i don't really know exactly i think it's just vanquish your enemies right because it's like it's kind of a violent end for the enemies there's not really like a a triumph for for good there there's no like moral idealism happening here. Like it, the, the supposed good guys went ahead and just like killed their enemies, I guess. I think the money. moral of over the story owed is, money.
0: I think the moral of the story isn't even from characters who are on screen. I think it's from the parents. If you're rich, buy your little girl a cat and then pay for her love and when she gets kidnapped, you have to return home.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Ensure your child <laughs> So when they get stolen, you get
0: Make sure she she's taken care of by Mister Belvedere.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And how many bagels would you give this? Uh,
1: you know what? I'm gonna actually give this. I'm gonna give it nine out of thirteen. You I are being
0: way kinder than I'm going to.
1: Yeah, I I like it. It's not great. It's it's far from being a classic film. Uh, I kind of got bored with it halfway through, towards the end. Uh, but, uh, you know, for what it was, uh, you know, I said, I said it kind of had the energy of a Dom Bluth movie. It wasn't really quite that slow and, and like depressing, uh, like those Tom Bluth movies get, uh, it it does move along pretty quickly. It's like 74 minutes, uh, like the, the, the score kind of helps move things along too, uh. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was, I thought it was going to be worse. Uh, it wasn't great, but I thought it was actually going to be worse. It wasn't too, too bad.
0: What if that was like the reviews in the papers? I thought it was going to be worse. Roger Ebert.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the best you can hope for. Just go in with the lowered expectations. Well,
0: I remember Siskel and Ebert, and they're like, why would I see a movie like this when you have a beautiful, dark kids film like The Lamb Before Time?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, i right, would you give it?
0: Six, six out of thirteen. It's it's fine. Um, I'm giving three alone for Robert Loja, and I'm taking out six because of I think the voice casting is so off. I think they should have just stuck to who they originally wanted. They shouldn't have tried to make it music friendly because the songs don't make sense.
1: The music's really boring, and, uh, yeah, the voice actors, well, I mean, to be fair, they, they were going through a long list of people who kept turning it down.
0: Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for doing this, Pat.
1: <laughs> Scott, thanks, thanks again for having me, man. No thank problem. You. This is a hoot. Oh, always, always a pleasure to, to talk
0: yeah, and about whatever
1: nonsense with you.
0: And uh, I'm going to be ending the month with Cats Don't Dance.
1: Excellent. Excellent. So,
0: so yeah, and you'll be back in a few weeks uh, with uh, Lils and Chris Brown. Oh right. Yeah. What are we doing? Uh, th- we'll talk about it in private. I'm not choosing right. yet. It's, it's not we time. Don't, we don't want Patience, to spoil the my pet. Patience, my pet. <laughs> <laughs> so, once again, thanks, Pat. Until next time, I'm Scott Kerlin. Bye.